0: on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and this show is brought to you in part by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to nfl.com slash game pass to start your free trial today. NFL game pass where football never stops. And on today's show, it is my favorite show of the week. It is the show that I answer your questions. So some of them are, as always are submitted via email. And those are submitted via our email address, which is Locked on podcast at gmail.com. And some are submitted on Twitter to the thread that I post at the beginning of the week. So we're going to get to all the questions today. And uh, let's get right to it. All right. I'm going to start off with the email questions because I got a very lovely uh, email from a, uh, listener, Peter Lowe, who was kind enough also to mention that, uh, he pr- picked up a copy of my book. So Peter, thank you so much for your support. Really appreciate that. And let's see, you had, you had a few questions for me for the podcast. So let me see how many of these I can answer for you. Uh, You asked about pass rush and why they are so vanilla looking, so um, generic. Why don't we see more stunts and twists and so forth? Uh, I think the reason might be because this defense is still trying to get its footing underneath it. Um, I would expect that to hopefully change as we get into later in the season. Because remember, you know, I I don't want to keep using this and bringing this up, but This is still like preseason for this team. This team has basically played three preseason games, which unfortunately count against their standings, but uh, hopefully things get better as they go uh, forward. You also asked about Evan Ingram and why he's not running anything but two routes. I totally agree with you on this. The Giants need to get Evan Ingram down the field and, you know, just take advantage of his speed. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. They're playing him like Jason Garrett played uh, Jason Witten down in Dallas. And I don't know necessarily that that's the best use of Evan Ingram's talents. And uh, it's funny because uh, Jason Garrett was actually asked about that during his call this week. And Garrett is kind of the master of saying nothing while saying, you know, trying to answer a question. And You know, can't give me an answer because he didn't really give one, but we'll see. I mean, eventually they've got to see that what they're doing isn't really working to their advantage and they've got to try something else. So we'll see about that. You asked about Caden Smith. What's it going to take for him to start? I wondered that one myself, Peter. I mean, I'm actually working on an article as to why Caden Smith should see a heck of a lot more snaps, certainly ahead of Levine Toilolo, who in my estimation through three games, hasn't really done a whole lot to, you know, to write home about. So uh, that's actually something I've wondered about. And I'm going to do an article on that, actually, over at Giants Country. Uh, The run game, you ask about suggestions. Um, Basically, they got to get it blocked up front. I mean, I started to break down some of the, the runs that went nowhere or went for minimal yardage. Now, some of it, to be clear, to, to be clear, um, is on a running back. Like there was one run in particular where I saw Wayne Gallman had all kinds of space, but he stutter stepped to the hole and the hole basically closed up. And he was, you know, instead of having a nice big gain, I think he picked up maybe one, either, it was either one yard or three yards. I can't remember which one. But also you look at the run blocking up front. And the technique by the offensive line is just not consistent. For example, on the very first play of the game last week, you saw one combo block in which Will uh, I think it was Will Hernandez. And yeah, it was the left side of the line. So it was Will Hernandez and uh, Andrew Thomas tried to block a guy. No, I'm sorry. It was the right side of the line. I'm, I'm I got my sides mixed up. So it was Kevin Zeitler and Cam Fleming tried to block a guy, and what ended up happening is the two of them. I think Zeitler got the block properly, but Fleming did not. Fleming approached the guy from the side, and when you're pushing a guy towards the runner, he's able to you know break free and, and and tackle the runner. That's basically what happened. I think Wayne Gallman only picked up something like a yard on that play. So little technique issues. I mean, there were later on in the, uh, I think it was the third quarter, I saw Will Hernandez t- just take a bad angle and the defender just kind of swatted him aside. So things like that are definitely part of the problem. But also to your point where you ask about Eli Penny leap blocking, Again, I've wondered this myself. Why keep a fullback on the roster if you're not going to use him? It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, all right, Riley Dixon. You asked where else can we start him. I I get it. You know he's been he's been fantastic. Absolutely. Um, but can he play any other position? Well, other than holder, I don't think so. But hey, you never know. But you're absolutely right. He has just been in mid season form and. You know, it's a shame the Giants can't get more involved someplace else because that's the type of effort they really need. So, all right, Peter, thank you so much for your um, questions. Thank you so much for the kind words that you sent. And uh, again, thank you for picking up a copy of the book and, uh, you know, hope to hear from you again. All right, folks, you are listening to Lockdown Giants. This is the fan reader Uh, Q&A and we will be back after these messages so stay with us. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. So be sure to pick up a nice cool Pepsi to enjoy while you watch Giants football. And don't forget, check out madeforfootballwatching.com for the latest football watching content exclusively from Pepsi. If you're looking for that added boost to help you break through that afternoon wall, check out Built Go. Built Go comes in convenient 1.5 ounce packets and three delicious flavors to give you that surge of energy with just a third of the caffeine and without the crash feeling of other energy boost products. And now you can try Built Go at a special price. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED to get 30% off your next order. That's BuiltGo.com with the promo code LOCKED for your 30% discount. Welcome back Giant fans to Locked on Giants. Segment 2, this is Patricia Trainer. And we're doing Q&A with you guys. Best show of the week. And uh, the questions have been kind of light lately. So, please, don't be a stranger. You guys can send a question anytime you want. You can send it to our email account, at gmail.com. If you want to tweet them at me, make sure you send them to pat- at Patricia underscore Trina. Tag them, Train, and just put in there, you know, that it's for the podcast so that I don't accidentally pick it up for the mailbag that goes on Giants Country every week. I'm trying to keep the two uh, mailbags separate, as opposed to combining them the way I used to. Okay, let's uh, get in a couple questions here from For the Sake of the Widow's Son, I think this is. And he has uh, three Let's see. He has three questions. Is there any reason what is the reason we haven't heard anything about an Eric Reed 35 sending is because Dave Gettleman and his personal feelings? I'm not sure what you mean about that. Um, personal feelings. I, I I really don't know what you're referencing there. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know why they haven't signed him. I, I'm guessing they feel okay with where they're at, that they don't need him. So uh, I, I would be very surprised if there's anything else involved in that. I mean, I, I don't know that for sure, obviously, but, um, you know, I I don't think there's anything, you know, you, I, I think you're looking for a conspiracy there and I don't think there is one to uh, to be found personally. I mean, it could be wrong, but I, I just don't see that. But okay. Next question. Also, for the sake of the Widow's son, uh, with another game like the one he had Sunday, do you see Daniel Jones getting benched? No, they're not going to bench him. Um, you got to look at the whole thing, to be honest with you. I mean, number one, the offensive line protection hasn't been consistent. The running game can't get going. You know, you look at the turnovers. Not all of those turnovers are on Daniel Jones. I mean, You know, are receivers getting to the right spot on time? You know, you got to look at each one individually. And to me, Daniel Jones hasn't played to the point where, oh, my God, we've got to sit him down and and, and start Colt McCoy. So, no, I don't see that happening. And then let's see. The next question. Do you think we'll see Daniel Jones line up more in the shotgun? Seems fitting considering – the struggles of the run game, incorporating more screens, more motion, more two-back sets, more draws. Look, at this point, you know, I I wonder about that. I mean, obviously what they've been doing hasn't been working, you know, as well as they'd like it to. And I am all in favor of them potentially doing something different because, look, when it's not working, you've got to try some other things. And, you know, there are some coaching staffs who, who basically – subscribe to the theory that hey we're going to just keep at it because we believe in what we're doing and we believe it'll work and then there are others who just you know the light goes on and, and they realize that hey this isn't working so we've got to go in a different direction uh so we'll see you know if, if jason garrett is of that latter school of thought i mean I, i'm just as frustrated as you are when i watch the office i think it could be so much more um potent than it is and for whatever the reason, they just kind of drag their heels a little bit and I just don't understand it to be honest with you. All right, this next question actually came in via email. Um, person wants to know let's see do you know why Dave Gettleman was cho uh, I'm sorry, let me start again. do you know why Jerry Reese was picked ahead of Dave Gettleman? any insight? Actually, yes, I have a tiny bit of insight on that. And uh, I actually wrote about that in my book. Um, basically, I, I asked Ernie, of course, that question. And, you know, Ernie, you know, as you know, had both Dave Gettleman and Jerry Reese underneath him. They were both reporting to him at the time. And when Ernie um, was time, when it was time for Ernie to retire, Ernie didn't want to pick. One, you know he didn't want to say oh it doesn't matter he he just he felt that he had to endorse one or the other and you know I don't know exactly why and he he couldn't really explain to me why he did it but he just said instinctively he thought of Jerry I and he couldn't remember why he thought of Jerry but you know he just basically didn't want to pick one or the other and that story you know the full story is in my book um but, uh, that's a little insight for you as to why Jerry was chosen over Dave Gentleman and, you know, PS, uh, Ernie felt bad about, you know, having to pick one or the other. And he tried to make it up to Dave by, by getting him a GM's job in the league. And he finally got him a job with Carolina. And uh, after that job, of course, didn't work out, they were able to bring Dave Gentleman back to the Giants. So it was kind of, you know, a, a case of it, becoming full circle. So it kind of worked out, I guess, for, for what Ernie had hoped for, but you know, is it working out for Dave Gettleman? Well, that chapter is still being written and, um, we'll see how it plays out, how many more years Dave decides to sit in the position or how many more years, uh, management allows him to sit in the position. So either way, um, still a lot of work to be done and still a lot more to be told on the story. All right, folks, you are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trainer. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, a couple more of your Twitter questions on this fan mail Friday. Stay with us. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trainer, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And I want to tell you about my debut book. It's called The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants, and I've sought to create a living history of the top men and moments that have made one of the NFL's charter franchises what it is today. Relive the franchise's four Super Bowls. Find out what convinced former general manager Ernie Accorsi that quarterback Eli Manning was indeed the one. Learn about the events that brought the Tisch family into the Giants' ownership lore, and so much more. This 368-page paperback book includes loads of photos and the stories of some of the greatest Giants in history as told in their own words. The Big 50, the men and moments that made the New York Giants, will be available starting September 8th, 2020, on Amazon, Barnes and & Noble, and wherever else books are sold. So pre-order your copy today. And thank you for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is a fan meal Friday. And we have a couple more questions we're going to get to, um, both coming in via Twitter. Actually, about three more questions. My apologies. And uh, the first one is from instructor underscore DLM, who wants to know, what is the reason not to have incorporated a fullback? And, you know, again, I... I don't know. I don't know what what they're thinking. You know, you ask the coaches about why certain guys aren't playing and whatnot, and they tell you that they have different starters and different personnel packages, and they basically pick what personnel packages they feel are going to be uh, give them the most success at any given against any given opponent. So that's not really an answer. I realize that, but that's basically what they tell us when we ask them hey why didn't you you know why isn't for example marcus golden playing more why isn't eli penny playing more they just say they have these different packages and they they mix and match match accordingly so you know that's can't draw blood from a stone i guess we can ask but if they don't answer i you know there's not a whole lot more i can i can tell you unfortunately but uh let's see Uh, Sean Cron asks, is it time to start thinking about the trade deadline and players to move? If so, do you have any thoughts on prime candidates? Leonard Williams, Evan Ingram, and Golden Tate to be players that could help other teams this year. Leonard Williams isn't getting traded. I can tell you that. Who's going to take on that contract? I mean, come on. Evan Ingram, I doubt they will move him. I doubt they will move Golden Tate. I will give you the name of one guy, though, to keep an eye on, and that's Marcus Golden. Marcus Golden, um, I think one of the reasons why Marcus Golden is not getting as many reps as he did last year is because Lorenzo Carter has kind of taken over that role, and he's done it well. So you have the extra pass rushers, and, you know, as as, uh, Ernie Acorsi once said, you can never have too many pass rushers. But with that said... Right now, they have an abundance and, you know, look, I mean, if you look at the contract involved, Marcus Golden is on a really cheap contract for a pass rusher. Who's to say you don't maybe see if you can trade him to, let's say, for example, the 49ers who are missing some pass rushers because of injury and see if you can't get, you know, whether it be a, a, I don't know, a seventh rounder or maybe you try and get back the fifth rounder that you gave up to the Jets to get Leonard Williams. I mean. I could see that being a, a realistic scenario if they have no, you know, if they're going to just carry Marcus Golden along and just not really use him as much. So that would be my guess. But the other ones you mentioned, Sean, I, I don't think they're going to get traded. Asa asks Is it time to move on from players like Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard? As talented as they are, they have not, the Giants have not gotten the return on investment consistent have not gotten a performance consistent with the return on investment. Um, Sterling Shepard. That's a tough one. I mean, you look at his injury history and I just, I wonder if maybe teams might be a little reluctant to trade for him. I, I know, you know, I think of the the head injuries and I hope he never has to go through that again. But still, if I'm a GM of another team, I'm very, very leery about, you know, trading for him or, you know, looking to pick him up. Evan, you know, I, I just don't know that the Giants have been using Evan the way, you know, to bring out his talents. It's just, for example, I don't understand why they keep asking him to block. I know, you know, he can do it but not, you know, in the way they've been asking him to. And and I just, I don't know, guys. I mean, Evan's been a kind of a, an enigma because you just, you see how they they go about it with him and you just feel like there's so much more they can get out of him if they just got a little bit more creative and they just not. And it's frustrating to kind of watch, to be honest with you. So um, I, 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 that's that's a head scratcher for me. I mean, I think you know, send or him up the up the seam, get him in, in space against linebackers and safety, and then let's talk and see if, if you know, the Giants are getting their their money's worth out of that of that particular player. So, uh, yeah, that's that's where I think things stand there. So, all right, folks, that'll do it for this short mailbag. Again, if you want to get in on it. Please send your questions to LockedOnGiantsPodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet them. Make sure you tag them Ask P Trade and make sure you put down for the podcast so that I know they are for the podcast and not for Giants Country, the mailbag. And look, I'm happy to answer your questions. I usually tr- do pick up all the questions that come in, assuming that there's no duplicates. So don't be afraid and don't be a stranger. So have a great weekend, folks, and we'll be back next week to talk more about the New York Giants here on the Locked on Giants podcast.